nerd soul yeah yeah that's right late ill kid at one youngster holding down bringing that street geek and nerd soul like comment subscribe hit the bell let's go because we got loki to talk about y'all that's right season two all i done came to a close now you best believe that and i ain't by myself all right uh-uh i got right here the man of the hour you know what i'm saying a tower of power gift what's up man Yo, what's really good, Nerd Soul? Brother, I am always, always appreciative to, uh, to be able to be on your platform. And let's talk about some Marvel because in these days, all right, I, I need to sit back and help continue to defend the power and empire known as the MCU as it is getting hit from all sides from all the enemies, all right? <laughs> Man, look, we, we ain't even going to go there. I don't, sometimes I be thinking a lot of this stuff is cap. Like they, but you know we ain't we ain't gonna get into that. You know what, matter of fact, I'll I'll throw it to you real quick because you said you had to defend. How how you feeling about the defense of the the MCU? What, what's going on with the MCU for you? Look, I I will say this. I understand the sentiments of where people say that it has been underwhelming, but I will mm -hmm. say this, and I, I remember saying this before in an, another podcast we talked about that I said this was a time of transition particularly because the pandemic created a different subset of perception of how movies were going to be made, especially because nobody knew what was going to happen and we had so many delays. And then it also was a moment where the MCU was trying to test, or Disney as a whole was trying to test uh, different ways of being able to present characters uh, for new audiences to be able to bring them in. So uh, I think the mixture of the two trying to create a whole lot while trying to give an opportunity to others as well kind of made a lot of things a little bit more undercooked. Uh, for me, I think my, I, I won't lie, my breaking point was a little bit that last episode of Secret Invasion. So that was where it was like, I can't, I can't defend it strong, but everything else I was like, I was pretty good with, but that, that one was, that one hurt me a little bit. So. Uh, getting a chance to talk about Loki, which I think could easily become what Guardians of the Galaxy was for all the MCU movies following afterwards, is what I feel like all the shows, and clearly they're kind of shifting towards that, will be in in of that vein moving forward. Okay, okay, I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from. So, all right, I won't I won't go no further because the MCU talk it's. I don't know. I guess it's gotten on my nerve, and not not meaning MCU talk as far as the projects. That's cool, but it just seems like it's been a pile on of like, yeah. you know, if you hate Marvel, it's time for you to speak up. Which I mean, I get it. It's just that since it's all over my timeline, I'm just generally tired of it. But I mean, I get it. I understand people being you know upset with what they're getting. I'm just I'm getting I, it's everywhere, man. So it's, I, it's I can't so take much. no more. <laughs> it's literally the aversion of trying to actually kick the lion while it's down because now you finally have an opportunity to do it and it's like yo that lion once once it gets that thorn out of its paw it's coming back up and uh <laughs> i i think loki was the beginning of moving that thorn out so <laughs> so let's talk about loki with the in the finale when it finished what was your first like uh i guess you could say you know feeling emotion when you came off of that final frame, seeing him on the throne? I'm not gonna lie. Like, it was, it reminded me of whenever the arc of, um, who, who was it? I used to always say that the arc of Captain America was the number one total arc for the MCU. Then I think it became Thor. And I think mm -hmm. that one hit the strongest for me after, particularly Ragnarok. We're not even going to pretend to b talk about Love and Thunder, but Ragnarok oh come to the end and really the beginning of Infinity War, wherever it like, all culminated together with Endgame and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think this Loki one actually now takes the top one because not only is it, it's, we had two legitimately great arcs for Loki. Do you know how difficult it is to have two arcs for Loki? So the ending of this one to be able to get in contrast to the brutal ending in Infinity War to like this tragic but heroic moment for Loki to put it all together and just the last two episodes really hitting it. I, I, I got legitimately emotional. It's been a while since I've been legitimately emotional about 
uh, the outcomes of the MCU, probably since maybe WandaVision, give or take. Um, mm, okay, okay. And, and so it was like, oh man, you guys, you guys did this. This is him, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 they talked about it so much before, but I, I really didn't expect them to go the direction that they did with it. And honestly, the other, the, it was two emotions. It was that that feeling of emotion of satisfaction and sadness. But the other one was like absolutely, absolute relief that we did not get a same power versus same power CGI yeah, showdown. There we go. <laughs> that, I see, that I was, see where you're coming from. That was, I was like, you guys allowed a director and a and storyline to just mature and just be what it should be. Nothing traditional, nothing expected. But everything meaningful. Ah, oh, God, ah, I loved it. I loved it. So, I'm I'm right there with you. I really when the when the season or when the the episode ended, and the season ended. I was just like, wow, this this changes a lot, and this is this is a big deal for Loki. I was just thinking, wow, this is a big deal for Loki. Like as far as his path, wow. Like, okay, Loki, all right, okay, you know, good show. And it goes to show, well, the the beauty of this season is also what kind of rubs me the wrong way about other Marvel shows because it mm-hmm. clearly lets you know that they can do yes. dope stuff, they don't want to do dope stuff, or you could clearly see like they microwaved everything but this and so then it kind of upset me because i was like so y'all could have been giving us the same quality with everything else but i do know that there's factors around that people were rushing them this that, and the third but as far right. as finishing loki i really dug it i thought this season was extremely well done and the way they play with time and the way he kept like sort of jumping into his former selves and stuff we'll get to later but i just thought it was awesome how they showed that circle of time and cycle of time the road that was paved and then stepping into the unpaved area and then breaking yes. the cycle all this stuff is awesome and then it sets him in a place where we see a whole new man you know this is a man that isn't selfish this is this is the man who uh was pitied by his mother when she saw him in jail right you know what I'm saying because when we when we saw him in jail we were like why is she going to see him who can't you know what I'm saying this dude tried to kill his daddy what are you talking about but now we see she could see like the she could see what he could be you know and like that, this is that was, this is what that he was could exactly be. what Right. That was exactly why I said, like, the fact that we got these two versions of Loki that ended in, while kind of opposite, but also similar ways, they ended in ways where both the people closest to them could see the potential, the potential of what he really could be. And he had to lose, in a way, those people or his connection to those people for him to finally reach the level of subsequent glorious purpose that he needed to whether it was against thanos saving his brother and dying for real which was was still embedded into my mind burned into my mind forever and then to now be able to say i will sacrifice the one thing that i wanted and the thing i was most afraid about now in being alone but because i know i can save my friends i will go and take this burden and truly be who he was supposed to be like it man it it like you said it speaks very highly to the fact that when again when people say marvel lost it it's like i don't ever believe that marvel lost it but like you said other things have to happen but knowing that they can and it's not under a james gunn you know angle that gives us (laughs) the risque um it's it's legitimately a well-written philosophically written physics laden like complex but also very direct story that 
while again not directly related, it makes me even more angrier about what happened with Love and Thunder because this could easily have been Thor and Loki take their thrones respectively mm-hmm. for their respective sides. And that would have been, I think, easily the the two best um, character arcs that the MCU had put together thoroughly. Thoroughly. Yeah, because and the in, in keeping with the conversation about sacrifice, Loki has sacrificed himself twice now. Right. Because Loki in, in Endgame, sorry, Infinity War. In, in Infinity War, he sacrificed himself to save his brother. Basically, like, look, I'm going to make sure that I, because, you know, I've changed, I've seen some things, and now I'm starting to feel a different way. And I know even though I might not like this or like that, I definitely don't want what Thanos is doing to come to pass. And him sacrificing himself willingly like he could have he could have like ran or got away or something like that but he willingly sacrificed himself and then sacrificing himself again here uh and at first it was sacrificing to essentially kind of protect or throw a wrench into thanos's plans and now he's sacrificing himself in service to basically the 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 known multiverse basically right and that's just something that when you look at the character at its beginning someone who was essentially just wanted to subjugate the whole planet he's come a long way <laughs> he's come right, a real like, long way yo look you know i it was always it i'm not gonna lie it always kind of annoyed me in the past like how much people would big up loki for the short little stuff that he did, like, oh, you know, sexiest man, oh, Loki's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Loki's he's all right, but like he's he's so generically villainous. It went in the first one, like Avengers and Thor yeah. one. It was like in Thor two to some extent. It was like, okay, he's generically villainous and he's just trying to get the throne. So it very was a A B kind of characteristic. Um, but like you said, it wasn't too late. Thor 3, and then uh, obviously Infinity War, and then what we got from Loki Season 1. Like, it just, it now made me be like, okay, this is who they've been seeing that I'm not seeing. Because this person that we have here could be the villain, but he's like rambunctious, but he's also like not so much the hero that it just feels like it was just a complete separation of his own character. It really did feel like the lost child who literally was looking for family and identity again. And I think, especially for people who have teenagers and our parents, like, and you know, those, whenever we were kids as well too, you have that like, that little refreshing run of the teenage years where you're trying to figure out who you are. And it's just a battle constantly. Like, so this like, I don't know if it was purpose, but almost allegory of puberty in a sense to get to this end where you reach grown folk man this is grown (laughs) loki this is mature this is a grown freaking man right now and he's doing grown man decisions and we are seeing the impact and what it really means to be a hero all i can say is like because he found a way he found a a way and the trip is (laughs) king is like so many times have you been back here He's like, so many times have you been back here? Because he knows time the way that Loki is beginning to learn time now. So he's like, so how many times have we had this conversation? What, you know, 50, 100, how many times? You know, it like he was, it was very arrogant. And yeah. in a heroic way, Loki said, you know what? I'm going to find a way. It's similar where, you know, like Captain America, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't leave anyone behind, like that kind of attitude. And exactly. you couldn't tell me back in Avengers 1 or in Thor that Loki was going to be basically on some Captain America stuff like, no, I'm not going to kill Sylvie. I'm not going to let everyone die. I'm going to figure out a way to do it and save everyone. Like, that, that is a huge deal. That's the, that's the kind of character arcs that we enjoy and that we live for. You know, like whether it's uh, Iron Man and his character arc 
or now Loki in his, or even seeing Captain America in his, you know, like seeing how he was able to finally have his time with Peggy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though he, I, I think he probably really screwed up time with that, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, say, in saying that, I want to, I want to throw it to you about time. How do you think time was handled in this show, or well, I guess in this show as a whole, but in this season as well? In this season, man, it's it's really interesting because it, it's still a little confusing. To some extent, and I, and I like that they still like with uh, Ouroboros kind of put the idea of is this fiction or is this fact? Because if it's fact, then we need to know what. But if it's fiction, we need to know why. So the bouncing back of time in the TVA, where time is not supposed to exist, but also does, was a little bit throwing because every time else you could at least say whenever time gets redone it creates a branch elsewhere so yeah. to not have one for the tva was a touch bit confusing for me um but i mean I, I think it was it was it was solid um i i i don't i i would have liked to have seen how messing with the tva being outside of time but still within the concept would have affected also that timeline in some way shape or form because it would have made all these connections make a little bit more sense but for the sake of lack of complexity i mean i i get why they did what they did so i'm glad they use it as a method to allow loki to do what he did but um i still was a little confused exactly how it all fit and especially utilizing like when he was time jumping like the moments where he can time jump into his body versus time jump outside of his body in the same time i i don't know if i yeah they kind of they kind of like just flew by that it was kind of yeah. like look don't don't ask just go along with the story exactly and again I, I i'm okay with it but you know considering the level of complexity that they were talking about on some of this stuff i i would have liked some level of an ex, uh, explanation but again it wasn't something that i was needed but i felt would have cleared up some of the uh issues Man, I agree on the, there were a couple of scenes that I had to like rewind and be like, hold on. And then watching this, the finale again, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, the, cause Kang's conversation really helped me out. Like, okay, so the paved road was all the Groundhog's Day type stuff. Right. And then the extra stuff was him kind of stepping out of that. So I was like, okay, cool. So now there's still some stuff that I didn't fully grasp, but I kind of get the gist of it. I'm like, okay, so when he's jumping into himself, I believe that's all the paved road stuff. Okay. I think. I think. <laughs> and then him jumping kind of sort of outside of himself was all the stuff where he's making brand new decisions. I right. think. Now, I'm sure there's someone else that maybe be able to come in the comments and break it down, you know, the, 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 the minute, and, you know, the time code and everything, but that's how I sort of understood it to go. And the way they wrapped it around in a very cool Groundhog's Day sort of um, fresh look at the MCU and as well as a fresh look at the emotions of Loki and his character continuing to evolve from season one, it's like, whoa, hold up. We went, I mean, because remember, old Loki sacrificed himself for, for his brother. He died a hero. Right. New Loki, the Loki we know now, is the Loki that was taken after uh, Avengers 1. So he was still right. the arrogant, you know, butthole Loki. Right. So now seeing him, I guess it's always maybe i don't know if they well i mean there's a there's a a mutant character called destiny so maybe it's always destiny or destined for him to become a hero in some way shape or form right and i mean again it also sets up like some secret purpose. wars type stuff too right i mean it, it it you know it it makes sense and it makes sense even the other thing that we have to also remember is the fact that not only is that that Loki, obviously the 2012 one, and it's arrogant and, and, and the road, but the Loki that we have now is actually significantly older. And I think that plays mm. into the old man King Loki idea, which 
plays to what is off that off the paved road kind of idea like it it, it it's the destiny of being the hero but almost like how many experiences would have needed to be had to get to that point D does that make sense i feel you like like especially it, when it comes to the, to the different like, relationships how, and stuff too right you know it's like how long does this actually take for, for a loki to get past it, their own lokiism because <laughs> even even sylvie got to the point where she was like look you got to do what you got to do kind of thing you know it, right. it was definitely a, a moment where even she was just like yo you got to do what you got to do kind of thing um but i'll i'll uh i'll switch switch the game up a little bit and ask you outside of loki who's your mvp for this show because I'm assuming we're not getting a season three. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. this is going to yeah. lead us into like Kang Dynasty type stuff. So I'm assuming we're not getting a season three. So, so from what is said on X, it seems like Tom Hiddleston said like this was the culmination of 14 years of work finally coming to an end. So I'm like now wondering like, are we getting Loki back in any significant form? And I definitely clearly not getting a season three. But um, you know. Are, are we going to get this, get Loki again? Because I, I want to see what he adds, obviously, with Secret War, uh, Secret Wars. Um, but uh, to the fact, of who's my other MVP? I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely, uh, man, it's a tie. Man, it's truly a tie mm -hmm. for me between Ouroboros and Mobius. Um, okay. with, with actually, and this one would be a slight surprise. Was a special mention to B fifteen. Um, yeah, B fifteen. That's that's probably going to be mine. But go ahead, drop your uh, right. drop your knowledge. So I think with Ouroboros, I uh, you know, I, I think Mobius feels like the most obvious because of how significant he was for Loki's development. Yeah, but I feel like Ouroboros actually was telling us the story of exactly what was needed, especially whenever we saw him as a failed physicist turned um, fiction writer. <laughs> and the fact that like he is the same person, regardless of whether he was in the TVA or in his timeline. And the fact that he was actually probably able to give us a little bit better, maybe not better, but a, a simpler explanation of what it was that was going on with uh, Loki prior to He Who Remains kind of entering into the picture. Uh, like I, his awkwardness kind of set a standard of like, <laughs> yo, this you you need to take it seriously, but you also got to recognize you got to read filter through the goofiness to read the information that's really actually in front of you. Um, so Ouroboros gets probably more of my lean than Mobius does overall, but uh, right. yeah, but like I said, B fifteen special mention with ease. Yeah, I'll I'll roll because I feel you on the the OB. OB is a trip, man. Especially that scene of him meeting Victor Timely, who I also dug, and I'll right. I'll we'll get into that in a second. But uh, B fifteen going from pretty much the the by the book, you know, disciplinarian Terminator type of character, like you know, prune this, prune that, get out my way, prune this, prune that. Mm -hmm. um, she was she was definitely on some general uh docs. What was her name? I can't remember. Uh, uh the, the the one that was trying to go in and go destroy the timelines again. Yeah, I can't remember her name. But uh the general that was killed by Renslayer, um, and she really stood up and had her moment. But B15, her kind of I guess stepping into being the I guess sort of the heart of the TVA. Um, because when they were pruning those timelines and once it finally hit her that hold up these are these are all real people because at first when they were pruning i guess she and i mean many people were under the under the impression that these aren't like real people these are people that were kind of just like you know invented off of the timeline like they didn't really see them as you know as as you know actual people with feelings and all of that so it's, it's 
it's almost like the same way that we whenever they say they go to war and you don't actually call people by their name you call them by nickname so what you know whenever they go like terrorists insurgent yada 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 yeah. it's like we need to find ways to not humanize them but once you realize it now it becomes legitimately more difficult to simply remove somebody off the earth simply because now they're no longer other they're me of another form yeah especially finding out that we are all those same variants see like at first they were just variants that had to go and right. then you realize oh no this sacred timeline stuff is not even real it's something that was made up by he who remains because he of course wants to save his own skin okay. so she her attitude changing even with dealing with the general where she could have just been like okay you know just you know prune these people but her saying like hey i want to sit down and let's let's talk because i know we both love this place how can we fix it how can we how can we make this work where we are doing what we thought we were doing all these years um it just it really hit me like wow okay because i thought they were gonna essentially sort of sideline her character this season because I was like, oh, well, I guess we don't really need her anymore. Even even um the dude that turned into an actor, <laughs> I was thinking most of those people would be sidelined too. But I mean, they ended up having semi, you know, semi-relatable and and very important roles. Yes. Which and is impressive. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier with that. That's that goes back to the um uh to the uh what was the name of the brothers that did uh uh, Winter Soldier and and um, uh, the the Russo brothers. The Russo brothers. It goes back to the Russo brothers' ability to uh, type a style of utilizing multiple uh, leads and actually making everybody seem significant to the movie. Like mm -hmm. when the Russos left, I, I do think a part of that capability of juggling everybody kind of just went away with them. And in this show, this season, they did a magnificent job to the exact point that you said. Those characters that seem like they would typically just be side characters that, you know, they're just the face that we send to the side at some point. And if they die, they die. No, everybody felt if he dies, the general, he dies. <laughs> at the end, even the general at the end, whenever they crushed, which was brutal, I was yeah. like, yo, maybe they weren't horrible people. They were just misguided. And that is how you do your villains. Everybody has nuance. There's always a gray, and the black and white should not feel so obvious. Uh, even if you, know, but you should always know like the idea is wrong, but it shouldn't feel so black and white. That is significant mm. writing right there. Yeah, they they really they really blew up on this one, and it, in a, in a very good way. Um, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it to the two ladies. That we get to spend a good amount of time with, which is Ren Slayer and Miss Minutes. Um, when dealing with those two, how how do you think that the show handled them? How are you feeling about them as characters? Uh, do you want to see them again? I mean, I know we're seeing Miss Minutes again because we see, well, I mean, maybe not again, but we know we saw her back in her, I guess, original form before she got crazy. Right. But but how do you feel about them throughout this show? I feel like we, we 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 still don't know much about Renslayer. Like we know where she was, what she was to he who remains, and she's literally at the end of time. But now I'm like, but her story isn't complete. Like I, I don't know whether she is a new villain or she is going to be a reformed anti-hero or she's going to be like a significant player in something else. Like that is. That one, I didn't like where we got a lack of conclusion. I know that, you know, there's a lot of storyline and the focus was on on, on Loki, but like, mm -hmm. dude, I, I don't even know, like, is she at the end of time still? Does that exist in the same way? Well, the like, way it looked, I'm guessing she was eaten by a liath, but we don't really know. I think they, know. I think that's something that they left ambiguous just in case they want to bring her back. You know how writers do that, like, ah, True. well... Gugu is a dope actress and this character is cool and it is significant to Kang himself so let's leave it just in case uh, that's probably what they did look I will never be mad with them bringing Gugu and Batha to as many productions as possible that has been 
a crush for like 15 oh, years. Oh boy. <laughs> I, no comment. <laughs> so 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 you know in, in the past before my marriage my doors are closed okay i can still stay with it but no, like i i am good i'm good with bringing but i just i just wanted a little bit more to to get a better feel for where she could be going and then with the miss minute thing i mean the way that whenever that reboot that reboot haunted my nightmares for like three days all right that last scene right before she said you'll never be him yeah, that was crazy. That was terrifying. I was Absolutely like, "Yo, terrifying. she's yo, Miss Minutes. She, I, she's wild. I don't know because she goes from it's weird. She goes from like this sort of mothering figure to kind of like a jilted girlfriend. Oh yeah, to also sort of like an overprotective older sister. Like it's weird how she flows in and out of those things with Victor Timely." Because, yeah, it, I mean, of course, when she was with He Who Remains, that was a completely different relationship. Exactly. And it's, it's, I mean, it's weird if, if seeing you, her. If you didn't feel like AI could him. turn into a sociopath, like that is, that is, I think, the fear that everybody has. It's not a Skynet, it's a AI falling in love and then being very capable of destroying literally everything about you. <laughs> like I mean, think about it. With the way online bullying is now, a regular human can, you know, ruin your life. Bad. Imagine someone who could just like go into, you know, like, you know, uh, I guess like police records, bank yes. records, you know, education records, health records, do whatever they wanted. It, man, yeah, that could be dangerous. That could that could be really, really bad. I mean, of course, you know, Skynet is bad too, but. You know. I mean, you know, but it's again, Skynet is obvious. Oh, big war, shut it. Like we we can see that. that's a black and white situation. No, not the one that can go in undercover and like shut everything down very uh uh very covertly, and you can do almost nothing to stop it. Yeah, because when she was no. shutting down the what was it? She was shutting down the ten pads, I think. Yeah, she was just like ah ah ah. <laughs> so yeah she's crazy and i mean they they wrote her very well and i can't i can't remember the lady that does her voice but man look kudos because just the the attitude in the voice really made miss minutes creepy and scary yes yes like, almost on some like you know uh like hand that rocks the cradle type stuff. This is right. really weird and scary. Right. No, and I think that that was again a great depiction for Miss Minutes, a great setup for it. But you know, I, I do feel like her arc is done. I feel like that one we we legitimately got a conclusion for that one. So I can go to bed feeling like I don't feel like there's gonna be a point where she's going to immediately turn or return back to her programming or something out of that. You know, oh, hopefully, hopefully. I, I, I don't feel as str strongly about it, but like, you know, still, like, <sighs> that Renslayer, that Renslayer is something else, though. I will say that, that Renslayer, that's something else that could be a problem later on, especially dealing with Kang. And I guess, I guess, you know, it's time to talk about the big bad, but also the big swerve, which is Kang, or, you know, of course, Victor Timely. Mm -hmm. When we saw the trailer for the new, you know, uh, for the new season, we were like, oh, man, Victor Tommy, it's going to be crazy. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be wild. What is he going to do? How is he going to handle himself? What is he going to do to the TVA? And <laughs> when we first meet him, we're like, hold up. So, so this dude is just a scammer? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's he's, he's a fraud, kind of. He's variants. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's a fraud, sort of. Like, I mean, it wasn't that he wasn't smart, but he was definitely using his his talents as sort of like a hustle instead of like really trying to, you know, control the world or something like that. Bro, let me tell you how I know that that was an alternate timeline because the fact that Victor Timely made it out of that crowd scamming one of the wealthiest people in town and was not on a tree 
I was like, okay, we 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 in a yeah, different okay. time zone. Everybody, yeah, everybody, just, this timeline. is some LeBron kind of timeline going on right now. <laughs> yeah, he he was. I was I was definitely surprised he was able to get away. <laughs> People were just like, "Stop that man!" I'm like, "Really? That, like, you can't like, catch him? I mean, he's not extremely fast, so right. I mean, he's he's right there. Just just stop him." This is. I was just like, "Hey, you know what? This is a this is a progressive timeline. Everybody's just everybody." Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Timeline, you might be a scammer, but hey. Yeah, it's like, look, man. Probably on the more positive timeline that you needed to be on. <laughs> yeah. And the good thing is he does come in handy to sort of, I guess, get Loki to where the the uh, he who remains wants him to be. Because, of course, Miss Minute said he just told us to give him this book. You know, this is this is all we have to do to get him. And this was also part of the road that was paved. But you see Victor Timely essentially being sort of like part of the hero team. Yeah. Like you see him over there trying to create solutions. It definitely really turned everything on his head. Because of course, in our perception, and Sylvie's as well, is that oh, this guy, he's evil. He's going to be evil. He's going to be bad. No matter what he does, he's going to be, you know, trying to usurp power or whatever. And we find him and just like Sylvie finds him. She's just like, oh, well, I saw, I think she said she saw like real fear in his eyes or something like that. And she saw that this is not the, you know, this isn't the one that she's been trying to beat up and kill all of her life. This is just a completely different person. And I'm surprised that she didn't think of that earlier because, you know, just like there's infinite different versions of like yourself or Loki, you know, Loki or whoever else, there's going to be some people that are just like, you know, the the Kang that just like, you know, works at a call center and that's it. Like, you know, he might be super smart, but maybe life didn't work out for him. You know, he got kicked out of, you know, university or something and that's it. You know, I think, I think, I think the idea though is that, in every version variant of a Kang, there's always that potential for um, the need to want to take over. And regardless of whatever their life plays out on the branch line. And I think in, in what we see is a really great way of exemplifying the factor of the point that you're making. Not only is it like their lives are a little bit different, but the Kangs are not inherently evil. But as anything goes, you know, certain aspects of their life can lead them down a direction that sends them into that arena in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, because we definitely see the the uh, the counselor Kangs. Right. So we exactly. definitely see them. They, you know, there's still I don't know hundreds of them, thousands of them that are you know like evil and crazy. But then even out of them, it seemed like there was only like a top three or four that were really. I guess capable of being really bad like the from the three that we saw and they were marked on the one that was in ant-man so right. it was probably like maybe four that are like upper echelon Kang, you right. know <laughs> and then you just have like all the crazy kings that want power but they're not really that dope they're just like right they're just murderous and crazy and and that's 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 i mean i kind of like that because one you know, you know, we all know that the uh, um, Nathaniel, the Nathaniel Richardson time storyline that's in the comics leading to Kang, and so like seeing all these variations of Kang initially, where you're just like, oh, you guys couldn't have come from something positive, regardless of how far down the timeline it is. So I don't I don't really know how we're going to connect that with what happened in the comics, but with the Victor Timely kind of setup and then knowing like you do have not just a branch, but you have these different personalities that would have made sense to now become what could be the 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 ultimate Kang to say the least, or who became he who remains eventually. Like now it makes a sense where it's like, oh, you came from this positive timeline. Uh, and then in your story, you now arced into this villainy because you felt like the timeline is all jacked up or the multiversal war or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it feel like more settled in how we are going to get to that point 
versus like the black and white with Quantum Mania Kang or the, you know, very, you know, whatever side that we're getting with the Victor Timely. It's like, okay, I get, I see a range here. And there's going to be someone in the middle that's going to be the one that does it all or will be the ultimate threat. I can appreciate that setup more because it makes the Kang variants, makes us underestimate them because we're like, oh, they can be beat, which makes it seem more um, likely for the ultimate Kang to take over because underestimated, the timeline and the story arc all work together to make this person absolutely potent. And then now you feel like you got another Thanos as opposed to just like every other villain, villain of the week. Yeah, and it seems like the key, well, at least from watching this final season, is the key is whoever, whichever Kang can get Miss Minutes and Renslayer on his side, or at least Renslayer, because right. I can't remember if Miss Minutes said she was there because they were talking about what happened to her, and she said, oh, so I did all the fighting, blah, 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 and she said more or less. And I'm like, well, no, no, no. What is the more or less? Like, you can't just like, what? What is the ingredients for this? So, I, I think the know. idea with, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, go ahead. I was saying, I think the idea of that was he created Miss Minutes at the beginning, so she's been there through the various time loopings. So her existence has been part of the he who remains, he who remains, uh, warring, but. To be able to start the loop again, she has to be recreated at some point. She has to be created okay. to be looped back. So it's like, I think it's the more or less that she's always been there and she hasn't been there simultaneously. Life outside the timeline kind of stuff. Mm. Alright, word, word. Alright, well then, this is the time that I throw it to the other Loki that we have, Sylvie. Um... <laughs> We see Sylvie, you know, she's just trying to get some McDonald's. Um, <laughs> how did you like her uh, portrayal in this season? I'm not going to lie. I didn't like this Sylvie this year, this Ooh. season. I liked first season Sylvie way better. Like, she felt like she not, like, I understand feeling lost and wanting to establish herself and wanting to just have a normal life. But, like, the Sylvie from the first season was, like, determined. She had a mission. She was lost, but she had a direction. And I thought at some point in time, we would be able to overcome the terribleness of her haircut to give us at least a purpose for where she was gonna go. Yeah, that haircut, man, this joint's still struggling. Oh my God, like, I, I was like, yo, how are you a party vomit in the front and the back simultaneously? Like, <laughs> Bruh, I don't, she had like, she don't own a comb or a brush or nothing. nothing. I don't even think she knew what the meaning of wash my Lord. hair was. <laughs> but it's just bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. And so I, I thought that they would give us a story arc for Sylvie, especially on the back of like the possibility of a Loki falling in love with itself is the only mm -hmm. way that it can love something. And and really building on that to continue to progress the storyline of of Loki, of our Loki himself, but she just became such a side character and just so pouty and just so, you know, I, I felt like she was just in there because of the fact that we had her last season, as opposed Ooh, to her making okay. any impact. It just, I was disappointed with, with her outcome, to be honest with you. Okay, okay. For me, I will, I will agree that she did seem lost and she seemed... Now, almost, I guess because since there was nothing else, I guess she just gave up because that's how I kind of felt about her character. I felt like she was just like, all right, well, I guess this is it. I won. That's it. You know, I right. did I did whatever I wanted to do and now it's finished. And it, it just seemed like once she got that, she was just completely fine with, you know, nothing ever happening again. And which I thought was kind of weird, but then I also sort of get it, I guess. I mean, I, I guess I get it because it's like, okay, well, you know, you, you've been, you know, you've been around, you've figured out everything, you got everything that you wanted, so now you're just done. You don't need to do anything else. And anything that I guess Loki is doing is sort of, sort of, kind of getting on your nerves, I guess. Right. Um. So I mean, I guess because she's like, you know, leave it alone. There's nothing wrong with it. 
and once she finds out that timelines are now like disappearing that's when she's just like oh i guess well i guess i gotta do something but she's definitely very she's very like critical through the whole thing she's definitely not happy that loki's trying to work with the tba but i do see where loki's like hey man now that we know it's tough to let all this stuff go and know that these people might disappear and like never ever exist again kind of thing so with when it comes to this i guess the sylvia of it all i agree she just kind of was just like i don't care anymore um she did give when we got back to the the moment with kang we did get a lot of that emotion back because the new sylvia is more like hey who cares like i got what i wanted so i'm good let people just live in their realities everything's fine and loki's like no it's not fine you don't get it like things are things are messing up and then of course finding out that the loom is going to do nothing but protect the sacred timeline anyway is something that you know we didn't find out until super late in the game you know what i'm saying so sylvie uh we love you girl but uh yeah first uh you need to you need to hook up that hairstyle or something like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta do something with that hairstyle and stop being so pouty you know what i'm saying other people you know other people should be able to you know get a little bit of love too so stop stop all the hateration but uh man but we've been we've been rolling for a minute i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw it to you uh we did have a dope season um and it it has proven that in in my opinion that we are turning around in this fifth uh in this fifth phase uh mr uh, uh, mr hbcu rugby uh <laughs> if you could give us your final thoughts and tell us where they can find you yes um you know i i think you said it best i th think that loki is going to be one of those marker points like i said at the beginning too that helps that determine the direction of where mcu um shows go i think this was the first time i think we've had in total that it was a special event six episode special event that felt like we got the value and it felt significant for six episodes like from this point on i i truly hope that they stick back to the eight to ten episodes um maybe 18 like they want to do for daredevil is a little much but eight to ten episodes for a season feel like a tv show over and over that being said loki on my ranking of uh mcu shows wandavision has been almost unadulteratedly the best one for me since it came out and i hadn't found anyone that really topped it for for me personally the loki season two finally took it over three years later it finally <laughs> took over the top spot for best show for the MCU. So I'm excited to see where the MCU is going to go. I love the fact that the changes that MC, uh, that Kevin Feige now has been able to make and now that he controls both comic books and the TV show, um, we're going to see a really big return back to storytelling as opposed to the formulaic version that they had to do to create mass production at the unfortunate cost of it'll probably take longer for us to see um, the product come together. So we're gonna be, for you and I, we're gonna be probably in our late 40s, early 50s, by the time this phase era comes to an end, which will be weird uh, in hindsight. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm glad Loki came. I'm glad that they were able to give us a breath of fresh air. And uh, of course, um, if you guys wanna find me, you can talk to me. Uh, I am definitely much heavier on X than I ever thought I would be. Uh, mm -hmm. at Gift A Baylu. Um, but I'm either either doing stuff with LSE football, rugby, HBCU rugby, or uh, comic book movies, almost primarily, and Power Rangers as, as we get that reboot going on. And uh on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Gift Time Rugby. Uh on YouTube at Gift Time Rugby, we got rugby swag show podcast going on, and then lastly on um on uh uh, TikTok at Gift Time Ah, word up. Okay, okay. Get your TikTok on. All right, nothing wrong with that. So. We out here. <laughs> doing your thing. So uh, I guess final thoughts for me is 
that phase five is definitely shaping up to be a much more consistent phase than phase four um and i was you know after phase four i was like yeah we had a lot of ups and downs in that one and it seemed like sort of like the the rebuilding years of a team that you know had just won a couple championships um so now with this with this phase i think we've gotten more consistently good or at least all right stuff like um like ant-man I don't love Ant-Man, but I think Ant-Man is all right. And I think Ant-Man does a good job of starting to say, hey, this stuff is tied together. Similarly with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, um, I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy 3 shows that a lot of this stuff is tied so much as it's a better movie than the, the second one. And it ties their story all together um so i enjoyed that one and now of course with the marvels i enjoyed it i know there's people out there that but i enjoyed it um and it does a good job of saying that hey this is a universe where everybody is living in together um and then you add in loki i think we've been consistently you know you know all right like pretty cool like i would watch it again i'm not rushing to it but i would watch it again to like oh, okay i'm really happy with this and and in a way more consistent way than we had before so i honestly think most of most of what we've gotten in phase four has been a lot more you know a, a lot more enjoyable than it's been um so with loki i'm i am glad to see where he ended I'm excited for his character and happy for his character. And uh, with that said, of course, holla at me, N-E-R-D-S-O-U-L, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, podcast, all that jazz. And until the next time that you have to take the throne to help live and live for the multiverse. This is from us to you saying peace. <laughs>